0: Welcome to the Magic and Alchemy podcast, where we talk about witchcraft, setting intentions, forgotten folklore, and mythology. Created by Tamed Wild, magicandalchemy.com is a collection of stories, rituals, and articles crafted by a variety of creators and writers, including myself, Kate Bellew, and my co-host, Kristen Lizenby. Listeners, Kate here. I have a small note before this week's episode. This week, we're joined by my friend, the amazing Bobby Klein. Last week on Tuesday, March 15th, Dr. Bobby Klein departed from this dimension to join his guides, teachers, and loved ones. His memory and teachings will prevail through time in our hearts. Bobby was my Aquarian sibling. We first connected in March of 2020, where I began to work with him, and he always joked about how we had known each other in a past life. He was and continues to be an amazing teacher to so many, keeping it real, giving advice like, shut the fuck up and listen like you'll hear in this episode, along with his sort of professional bio. His work has changed the lives of thousands from his practice with the I Ching to his work as an analyst, to his photography of iconic people and places, and from his friendship and just being in the world. He had a deep love for the arts and poetry. He would send me music and articles he loved, snapshots of his backyard and altars, and his own poems. Knowing Bobby Klein has been a great gift. In this episode, Bobby says, that's the idea, that we remember who our authentic self is, and to do that, we have to examine what goes on in us and through us brutally and sometimes that's not very pleasant but it allows us to give ourselves that fertilizer if you will for the field of growth whatever that is to allow us to grow and I would say to everyone listening be good to each other honor each other Bobby is a dreamer, a dreamer eternal. He would always sign his emails and text with peace, love, and brown rice, or the Mayan saying that he discusses in this episode, in lakesh Alakin, meaning, I am the other you. Listeners, if you're here, please send a little love to Bobby as he travels to the next. And Bobby, if you're listening, I love you and thank you so grateful that we had this conversation. And as Bobby would say, In al-akim, and I like it that way.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Magic and Alchemy podcast. I'm Kristen Lisenby. And I'm Kate Ballew. Today we have a very special episode planned for you, our dear listeners, where we're going to talk about dreams, intuition, and divination, specifically the I Ching with our guest, Bobby Klein.
0: Yes, Dr. Bobby Klein is a clinical psychologist, spiritual and psychological educator, writer, and intuitive life path counselor. He began his career as a pop icon photographer in the 60s, working with legends of the era, including Janis Joplin and The Doors, and earned international renown by spearheading the West's introduction to mysticism and Eastern philosophy. A driving force in securing the legalization of acupuncture in the U.S., Dr. Bobby Klein became one of the first practicing acupuncturists in the United States and has been paving the pathway of innovation in the conscious community ever since. After spending decades developing a comprehensive understanding of the healing arts, Bobby has come to discover that he is most at home in the world of intuition. He has dedicated his life to his career as a spiritual counselor and diagnostician, teaching others how to access their intuition by making room for the soul in everyday life. Bobby is also the modern-day interpreter and translator of the I Ching, an ancient Chinese oracle charting the universal flow of energy. His commitment to unlocking the intricacies of the I Ching has unveiled a healing tool and a soul language that connects thousands of people all over the world each week. The energy channeled and the wisdom he imparts has been healing and life-changing for tens of thousands of clients for over 40 years. Leading workshops and seminars, Bobby employs sacred technologies to open heart and mind, calling on universal synchronistic guidance to explore expanded consciousness. Bobby and I first met when I began supporting him with his social media in March of 2020. He said that he hired me because I'm a witch, and we finally got to connect in person last summer in June of 2021 for the first time when I went to teach at one of Bobby's retreats in Tulum. Bobby has become a friend, a co-teacher in the world, and a reminder in my own practice the importance of intuition, deep knowing, and
2: dreams thanks for being here Bobby it's really a pleasure good to see you Kate and good and good to meet you Kristen
1: nice to meet you Kate and I like to start off our interviews by asking our guests about their big three in astrology so would you mind sharing your Sun Moon and rising sign if you happen to know them
2: yeah I'm Aquarian double Leo
1: amazing
2: yeah only what keep, is what keeps me on the ground
1: <laughs> I love that.
2: Yeah. The air and the lion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's also what, you know, I love, as you'll find out in this interview, I love to talk and that's Leo.
1: I love that. Yes. So how did you transition from rock and roll photographer into your work with the I Ching? What was that journey like?
2: You know, in the sixties, the I Ching, um, was, um, popular, it had a it had a resurgence in the uh, mid uh, the late about 67, 68, and people were really um, we would we would consult it and I'm a bit older than the hippie generation but my generation which is in between the hippies and the beats you know we very much leaned towards um, Eastern philosophy and the I Ching was was an easy entrance. So I I had been using it. And then in my practice, I'm a a practicing uh, uh, no longer psychotherapist, but I'm an intuitive. Mm -hmm. And in my practice, I would use the I Ching to um, uh, cast the I Ching. Uh, To find this section that made sense for my for my client and I'd read it to them. And what I found myself doing was I was changing the words that were sexist, the words that were steeped in old ideas about business and relationship. And so as cheeky as I can be, I said, I'm going to I'm going to try to translate it. Now, I had been learning um, Chinese uh, because of my teacher my acupuncture teacher when i got with him Gim checked you he really spoke no english so i had to speak with him so i began i said well i'm going to try to get a new idea a new translation mm-hmm. and i did and i started sending it out to about eight or nine people and it grew really fast you know we're up to what are, where are we at we're, i don't know 30 35 40,000 more than that mm-hmm. and um never advertised. But as I went further with it, I felt I can do this. I can do a new translation. So I got the help of uh, two of my Chinese teachers and we did the translation and it's become really part of me. The book, um, quite honestly, was an afterthought. i had been sending it out every week for almost 14 years and so i've collected and i've only missed two weeks mm-hmm. and I've, so I've collected a lot of um a lot of content and i began editing that and I began putting it down and, and and started to edit and got it into the book so that's how that's how that came and it's it really feels like a chapter that i've uh, finished you know i'm glad it's out there and it feels really good and now i'm kind of off to the The next project
0: Mm. And what is that next project?
2: Who knows?
0: Mystery (laughs) The project of mystery
2: (laughs) Uh, Who knows? I mean, you know, it's uh, On the the table I have a lot of things I want to do People keep asking me Because of my background You know, I've done I've had a lot of careers Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of things People ask me, you know, how how do you do that in one lifetime? And I tell them it's a um, it's it's I tell them it's a short attention span Mm. because I get I can get bored, Uh, not bored, but I lose my interest. I've always been interested in what is what is new and what comes. So I have a number of things on the board that are new. But the one that people have been asking me about is is my memoir. Mm -hmm. And. uh, You know, like I say, there's so many stories I can tell and so many stories I can't tell Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I have to move move on with. So I think that that, that, that's pretty much, you know, I have a birthday coming up, so we're knocking on the door of 80 years old. And uh, I think I need to write it while I'm young.
0: Mm -hmm. I can't wait to read it. Um, Same And Bobby, we talk a lot about different divination methods here on the podcast, but for anyone not familiar, could you explain a little bit more about the I Ching and and maybe why this particular method spoke to you?
2: Well, the I Ching is, you know, partly is sortilage. You know, sortilage is, you know, the the, uh, use of divination tools. And, um, you know, I say there's many ways to the river and they all lead to the same river the I Ching it works with mathematics uh Terence McKenna wrote a you know Terence McKenna was a kind of warrior in psychedelics but he also was a mathematician mm-hmm. and he wrote about the mathematics of the I Ching and how it makes sense it's all ones and zeros there's 64 sections to the I Ching and that goes with 64 128 and on, onwards so it is practical and it makes sense um uh when you have the book, the I Ching, that has the 64 hexagrams in it, you can approach it in a number of ways. You can cast coins, three coins, and you get uh, the numbers that you that you that you uh, can work from from uh, six to nine, and that that will point you in the direction. You build your hexagram. Hexagram are seven lines, yin and yang lines, and each number corresponds to a different. Whether it's yin or whether it's yang, and that gives you you build the um, you you build the section or the qua, it's called mm-hmm. as you move into it. Also, you can use the yarrow sticks, which is kind of the, the most ancient way, and that's where um, that's not the most ancient way, but it is <clears throat> one of the one of the ways that is. Um, it takes a little while to learn it, but it also is is very very accurate. However, uh, I, I'm a great pro- component of you. Hold the book and you open it, and that's what you're supposed to hear. Mm-hmm. The I Ching is, you know, the I Ching in itself is always amazing, because the, whether it's for a client or for myself, it hits it right on. You know, and you know, you see how many letters we get, and people said mm-hmm. uh, you, you wrote that just for me. I had one one friend in New York she wrote me she said do you have a camera in my apartment <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you know what's going on so it really is accurate because we're riding a we're riding a universal wave you know and we have to understand that this is all part of the um, idea concept that we're all one we're all connected mm-hmm. and that's why so many people are going through the same, uh, rhythms in their life. And so the I Ching can touch those rhythms just like any any bit of sort can as a crystal reader a tarot reader or however you however you go in. That's that's wh- how it can get you there. Um, the I Ching also I believe needs to be treated with respect. I was talking to uh, I did that interview with John Densmore. He was saying that when he was younger he would just throw the I Ching, didn't get the answer, throw it, throw it. And finally, mm-hmm. you got the, the, the hexagram called uh, youthful folly telling mm-hmm. you to stop. You know, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't push it too much. And you have to listen. And that's what I think one of the, one of the great um, blocks is that I see is people who never have learned how to listen, to really listen, to come to stillness and hear things. <clears throat> the I Ching... Approach it in stillness, and it will talk to you.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah, and it just it makes me think about that intuitive voice, too, like that you um, so expertly kind of guide folks to listening to, because it is so difficult to hear that if you're not listening, of course. Um, And so I wonder, like, with practices of intuition or stillness or listening, like what might you suggest to somebody who is just starting off on this journey?
2: Well, when I, when I work with, I work with couples a lot and couples have the, really the level of communication is very difficult. And, um, I use this spiritual phrase for them, shut the fuck up and listen. (laughs) (laughs) Because we have to just come in and be quiet and hear the other person, you know, I use the, the, the. Um, story about little Johnny goes to school and he comes home. He says, mommy, mommy, Stephen took my lunch and pushed me down the stairs and hurt my arm. And He's crying. Mommy says, well, well, we're going to go to school. I'm going to talk to that teacher. I'm going to take her. That's not what Johnny wanted. What Johnny wanted was, oh, baby, that must be hard. Come on. Let me let me hold you. But he didn't get that. So little Johnny doesn't go to mommy anymore. And then uh, mommy says, I don't know what it is. Uh, johnny doesn't talk to me anymore so the idea is that if we don't listen we push people away mm-hmm. you know listening mm-hmm. isn't an, is, is an open door for me uh, my idea or my concept <clears throat> not mine but my concept about prayer is just listening coming to stillness and that's prayer just come to stillness and let it let it come, and you can add ritual to it, which I do a lot of a lot of ideas do, but basically, it's to come to stillness, and that's in meditation, how we come to stillness, and then we have these then we touch the collective, and we have these brilliant thoughts and brilliant ideas.
0: absolutely.
1: How do you see your work as a Jungian analyst intertwined with your work with the I Ching? You
2: know, I Jung, Jung the 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 Bain's uh, translation that was so very popular in the um, '60s. Uh, Jung wrote the uh, forward to it, and uh, in that he talked about how it really does—it's <clears throat> a rhythm of life—and how it really how how, how it really affects our life. Um, I have moved away from being an analyst, though I'm trained. Um, there was a, I forgot her name, a woman analyst, a, a union analyst. She said, we really don't need analysts. What we need is an enlightened witness to hear us. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's what, that's true. I really do. And I think that um, Jung, the I Ching, Eastern philosophy, it's all there together and allow, just allowing us to remember who we are—that's what all that stuff's about. That's what any service is about. And then we're not learning anything new, you know. <clears throat> excuse me, we're not learning anything new, but we're going inside and finding out what is it, you know, what, 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 what is going on, because we all often don't know. And oftentimes, it's wonderful to have a a, a listener you know and that's one of the great things about having a relationship where people listen to each other but not but it's we often find that people don't listen to each other and um i believe that that's where uh things like the i ching and different kinds of you know approaching quote unquote fortune telling but looking deep into it i think that that's what kind of brings us again back to the concept that we're all one I mean, look what just happened with COVID. What COVID did is, we really were reminded: there's no borders. A friend of mine's father is; she's a shaman. Her father's a shaman. and He's what's called a fire talker. And he asked this was about a year ago. He asked the fire, "What is it about COVID? What this thing that's going, the scourge?" And it was clear that can, the answer said it's to let everyone know that we're all connected, that we're all one, and that and it's done that, right? Mm-hmm. It's let us all know, because there's never been anything in the history of, of, of the world that's ever done it. Even the early pandemics didn't do it. this is done. And um, so it, it's, you know, that's the good side. Putting, in a, uh, putting us in a place where we can hear our own wisdom, because we have our own wisdom. In the I Ching every week, I have a bit of wisdom that is taken out of it. And that is really wisdom that we have somewhere in ourselves. You know, again, it's that idea, nothing new under the sun. But, Mm -hmm. you know, in my translation, I also, the early I Ching translations, German and the Japanese, like I said, were very sexist, very touching uh, old ways of relationship, business and all that. Which is why I uh, undertook the task of bringing it to where it's modern. It's called the New Earth I Ching. (laughs) And I had this idea about the New Earth. I think I don't think I know that you know we're kind of at the bottom of the pendulum right now and we're going to emerge into a new golden age and I believe it will I see it in my life probably a little bit but I think we're going to emerge into a beautiful into a beautiful place and it's all about remembering some of the meditations that I lead we go back and I we go back and we remember through astral travel and take a look at what the earth was like before man came and you can imagine, it was forests and rivers, and it was quite beautiful. So, <clears throat> if everything is going on, we're, as we're wrecking stuff and killing each other, I really believe that there, there will be a tipping point. And at that tipping point, we'll start to come into, uh, not so much restoration, but you will wake up. The, the world as I see it is sleepwalking. Mm. You know, I mean, you can't, you know, the people who deny... Uh, climate change. Today is uh the 50th, 50th, 50th anniversary of uh when they closed down uh Auschwitz, the concentration mm-hmm. camps 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know it's it's events like that where we can understand of what really happened and what really went. And I say people who said, well that never really happened. It's like people who say we never went to the moon. So I mean, it's all right. I mean, it's great, all right to believe that, but, you know, it's not, there's not, they don't have much fun. Mm-hmm.
0: You just spoke briefly about astral projection, and I, I know that you lead these meditations. Um, and so I would love to hear a little bit more
2: about that. Mm-hmm. We We can access different levels of consciousness uh buddhism is called different bordeaux's but we in in your progress but we can touch different uh, levels of um consciousness and we have a parallel consciousness and i believe that's true like kate you and i we've definitely been around before Mm -hmm. and knew each other right because that familiarity that's there and in the meditations that i lead I, um, it's usually different for every group that I work with or every person, but we find the way to go up and change that and to look into our, um, parallel consciousness, astral travel. And that, and that's what takes us there is I do it through breath work and meditation. And as we open up to those depths, it gives us a bit of an understanding about what's going on in our life, in our life today.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, much like dream spaces, too. Like, I know you and I have talked about um, just the power of dreams and setting intentions before falling asleep and then kind of trying to tap back into that in the morning to kind of answer a question. And so I would love if you talked a little bit about those dream work practices also.
2: Dreams are breadcrumbs leading you, you know, leading you back. We see what's there. I'm just thinking about the dream I had last night. And if we if we look at them and we and we and we map them or write them down, we see that there's a progress, that we're that we're going there. And it doesn't take a lot of a whole lot of skill to um uh uh analyze your dreams. There's some there's some very um easily uh, tools to do it, but our dreams are are you know, telling us, you know, this maybe something's about to be born. Maybe we gotta be cautious. I know I had a client who said that she dreamt the brakes on her car went out. Wow. She <laughs> so had the brakes checked and they were going out. you know, those kinds of things. So they're also prophetic things that are going to happen in our dreams. So we see that we're we're operating at so many levels of consciousness, you know, that it just is, you know, I I, I don't I don't know how many levels there are, but I know that we're working in these uh in, the, in these areas. Mm.
1: I'm a huge fan of dream work myself. And so I have to ask about lucid dreams. Like, where would a lucid dream fall on the map with like astral travel versus, um, you know, like a standard dream? Like, what, where does this lucidity, like, what's the gift in the lucidity?
2: Mm. Well, it's where you're, you're really able, to, you're able to query the dream. You're able to um, ask what's what's going on in a lucid dream that is really part of us. You know, I'll, I, I, I've told this story before, I think. I work a lot with uh, blue light and blue light meditations. And I have teachers who brought the blue light. But one evening, about 35 years ago, I was in bed and I thought I woke up. There was blue light. Collins, of blue light all around my bed, even at the headboard, which is the wall. And um, to find out if I was whether I was dreaming or if I was there, if you put your hand in front of your face and you can see it, you're not dreaming, right? You're you're not. Even lucid dreams, you do that, you can't see it. So that's a way that we can shift. We can understand if we are, if we are really having a lucid dream, lucid dreams also happen in that twilight between wake and sleep that we go mm-hmm. into and we can ask for it. You know, if we, we can ask for, you know, lucid dreams that can, that can take us in and, um, and, and teach us. I, you know, do we call it meditation or do we call it a dream? It was, how long ago was it here? I guess about seven or eight months ago. I was woken at 3.15 in the morning, and I was in that twilight place. And I was told to open, open, to, a, uh, open to a meditation. And there I saw my daughter, who had passed away uh, a number of years ago, mm-hmm. and God together. And um, they more or less had come to tell me everything was okay. You know, we open up those doorways. So it can be really beautiful.
1: Mm, Absolutely.
2: You know, always know that we get what we ask for. So watch what you ask for.
1: (laughs) Be very careful.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: um you and I had a moment last summer where you spoke to me about wholeness um, and living and calling all of the pieces of the self back. And since our conversation, that's something that's really stuck with me. Um, and Kristen and I speak a lot about living authentically or towards wholeness on this podcast, especially in magic and intuition and ritual. So I would love um, if you could speak a little bit about finding authenticity or wholeness.
2: Uh, I believe that enlightenment is remembering who we are. And I think all those things through everything through prayer and uh, different aspects of coming back to that remembering that that is what brings us to what we could call wholeness, where we can take in all those parts of ourselves. And then when we do that, we have to see what are we what, what are we going to enhance? What are we going to reject? And we often see that, you know, certain aspects of our life are toxic and we have to move on certain ones need to be enhanced certain places we're not going and the way that we we know is through our own intuition and you know people say how do i trust my intuition and i say it's easy trust your intuition <laughs> because because the more the more you act on what you what your intuition is the stronger it becomes it's like you know at the market you pick up two oranges and your voice that says no get four Get them, <laughs> get mm-hmm. the four. And, and that just enhances your intuition. As we know things, we know everything. You know, we can connect to our ancestors, which I think is very important to do. Mm-hmm. Honor our ancestors and go into that space. And uh, that's all part of what, what we call wholeness, of really appreciating all, all, all of our gifts that we have and understanding, you know, it really comes back to count your blessings about just what it is we have and no matter how hard it gets or how bad it gets it doesn't mean you're not supposed to feel it Mm -hmm. but once you come to that place you feel it and then you see what is it that I can use to from this what is it that I can use to move further move further in my life You know, and like I say, I said at the workshop and I say, you know, why do people come and it's uh, or come to work with me? It's simply so that we can be better people. And that's the goal. Be a better person. You know, don't. And how do you do that? Well, you do that through your work, through your prayer, through lots of ideas and lots of things. It can also be done by this understanding of who who it is that we are and seeing that we are magnificent right mm-hmm. and when we come to that place then then we are we are free i believe our emotions kind of stack up with on well, the top is depression we all get depressed so we feel our depression we take it apart and we look at we de- we deconstruct our, our depression and what we find is it's anger and when we look at our anger we deconstruct our anger and then we find it is fear when we get into our fear and deconstruct it we come in its sadness mm-hmm. that we're covering and then we come to go through our sadness and that goes to grief and that's grief for allowing yourself to let go of what of what was i'm from the vietnam era so we d- weren't able to grieve for you know, you know, buddies who are next to next to you got killed. It was a bad war. So you couldn't grieve. And they call it PTSD now. They call it shell shock and lots of stuff then that people went nuts because they mm-hmm. weren't allowed to grieve. And I think that that's a very important part of wholeness is coming. So we do. You know, it's not that we're not going to feel depression, not going to feel anger, fear, angst. All, we're going to feel it and then when we go into our grief that rele- that releases us and it's grief for things that have happened for relationships for friends for relatives for projects that we so they don't get stuck in us you know so often with those things get stuck and then you know we don't feel we don't feel worthy right mm-hmm. we don't feel good enough and that's the that's the open door is to come to where you feel like you're good enough because we are pick it mm-hmm. we're good enough it's beautiful
1: i love that you've said remembering a couple times too you know instead of like learning something new or you know whatever you want to call it because it truly is a remembering um, and I hear that a lot from people, you know, in the witchcraft realm, that the reason they were drawn to it is because it was so familiar. And the deeper they got into it, um, the more they remembered about it. So, I just love how you're using that word. I think it's so relatable and so true.
2: Yeah. I, and oftentimes, it helps. it's a process or someone to help us. And, and then in ritual... You know, I see the mm-hmm. I think the use of uh, the the proper use of psychedelics is to you know help us go back and to remember. I am mm-hmm. I have big opinions about the use of psychedelics is so overdone and so overused. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from the 60s from LSD and you know nobody was taking LSD every weekend. No. <laughs> they they you know there was no, you know, come to this. Meeting, we're all going to take LSD. That wasn't it. It was about growth and personal growth. And you came in and touched base, and you learned about yourself, and you took the information and moved on. Yeah. And um, and I'm not saying that you know that those things are bad because they're not. But well,
0: there's like a sacredness it, to them, right?
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's sacred. Chem- it's sacred chemistry, and uh, it's useful. It's useful, but it, and it all works around ritual, you know, to to make ritual. And as, if we don't have ritual in our life, we are we're, we're kind of empty, you know. Without without that, and without having, you know, I, I live now in the Yucatan near the uh, with the not with the Mayans but near the Mayans, and you know, with the Mayans, it, daily is ritual. Every day is part of ritual. I kind of say lightly. I say if they if the Mayans had a good breakfast, they have a ritual. But that's you know, it's kind of a joke, but uh, but it is true that it's and it's it's also about celebration. We forgot how to celebrate, how to bring people together and celebrate. And I mean, and I think that that's in the last thirty years, last forty years. I remember in the sixties we were celebrating a lot and we were bringing people together and we had love-ins and we had be-ins and we had marches and we had all that until. You know, the powers that be got threatened mm-hmm. and things happened. You know, I think what's going to happen, and you didn't really ask me, but I think <laughs> there is going to be a revolution and I think there's going to be subtle, but it's going to be when people go back. We got change doesn't happen unless you go to the streets and that's where it happens and i think those changes will happen changes also happen in our consciousness by living a good life and by doing that and by teaching having a podcast like yours and a practice like mine that we're touching you know we're touching people and that's and that's the idea right now because we're going through a massive shift on the planet and lots of people are not surviving and you know is it you know is covid population control or the weather is killing people. Is I don't know. But I know that things are really happening that are that are changing, and that's why we we must become, um, or rather, allow ourselves to come to center to 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 be there. And however we however we do it, because when you're operating with the greater good, that there's you can't do anything wrong. You know, everything you do is correct.
0: It really reminds me of um what you always say about I am the other you as your sign off on the I Ching.
2: Yeah, well that's a Mayan phrase which is in Lakesh Alakin. Mm-hmm. I am the other you. And that's it's a Mayan greeting. Like, you know, you know, when I meet friends Mayan friends in Lakesh, In Lakesh. And uh, you know, which is honoring the other honoring the other person. You know, it's um This idea about God, it exists between people, between cultures. And it's like an infinity sign that never ends. And that's our connection to the divine, however we get there. We have that connection to the divine. It's there for everybody. And uh, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes you don't get it in a lifetime. But often we do. And I, I see it happening more and more. I see more people interested in what it is that you all are doing, what it is that I'm doing. More popularity, people are paying attention. People want it to be different. And a lot of times they don't know. So it takes, you know, like out of Sun Tzu, where he said the great leader does not lead from the front, the great leader does not lead from the back. The great leader leads from the center. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that's what the work is now is to be part of the collective and to and to lead.
1: Beautiful. You mentioned meditation a couple times and I've been doing a decent amount of meditation um to reconnect with like my inner child and to send her messages. And I'm curious um if you ever do anything like that or if you could go back like would you deliver a message to the younger Bobby and if so what would it be?
2: Well, it's it's different. The the message mostly is we did. We made it. We I
1: made love it. that.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I I often do a meditation where we go. where I, I take people back and for myself. Back to your room when you're six, seven years old and sitting alone in your room. And you show up as an adult to give love, that child love mm-hmm. and to let them know, you know, and, and to fill them in on what happened because they're just you know they're part of your part of your dna is just kind of bopping around it's not you know not centered because there's lack of love and we go back and we can give love and i truly believe that we can touch that aspect of self which is where we go back and we can do that in, in in our meditation to meditate and to bring that child forth and give it love because very often we didn't get you know, a lot of people do, but I I didn't. <laughs> a lot of people I work with, mm. you know, we we got kind of left in the lurch. You know, I'm I came up, you know, born in the '40s and grew up in the '50s. Very interesting time to grow up because of what the the um, ideas about the world were and how uh, what politics was like, and it didn't set you up for anything. You know, it was like. I think in my life it was about you know then I was looking at it, it was like you know cocktail parties and mm-hmm. people coming together at those levels but the the real structures of people coming together were not happening yet and where it was happening in those days they were looked at as kooks you know something's wrong with them mm-hmm. you know but now it's look how widespread it is we're all kooks <laughs> <laughs> cooking, yes we are <laughs> cooking together. <laughs>
0: like storyteller just popped into my head just because bobby i love your stories um as your friend now for the past couple of years and that's something that's brought um i don't know its own sort of like healing medicine and friendship and so i'm just thinking kind of about um like what is it about stories or if there's stories that are popping up as i say this um i don't know it was like a fragment <laughs> grab.
2: <laughs> well, you know, stories were a way of, of you know, the storytellers it was a way of communicating, you know, in the in the tribes and in societies. And it was a way of getting information. You know, someone would, you know, would come from a faraway town. And what they would do is when they came, they would tell some stories that what happened over there, what, what happened. And that was the story. And that's imparting information. And that's how people grew is mm-hmm. by hearing stories and by telling stories. And then we go back to the stories, you know, that we call, you know, the fairy tales, you know, Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. We go back into what the, really the origins of, you know, I don't know if you all know, but the grim fairy tales were pretty rank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. them, they, were rough, they were rough stuff that we've changed mm-hmm. it a lot in the 50s, in fact.
0: Kristen writes really beautiful r- modern retellings of fairy tales.
2: Yeah? Yeah. You know Bruno Bettelheim.
1: I don't think so. I'm not sure.
2: Bettelheim's very interesting. Bettelheim was a uh, a, a, a dreamer, a storyteller, and he used to tell. Um, he ended up as a person not to be so nice, but as far as the work that he did, it was there. I'm I'm I, I've written uh, the a new take on Peter and the Wolf.
1: Mm, amazing. And just,
2: and just what that means, you know, how we come to that. You know, what does the wolf represent? And what, what does all that represent? It's just like a dream, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we could look right now. If this were a dream, what would it mean? Right? What would it mean? You know, this could be this could be a dream. And it is. It feels kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not we're not, it is and it is that. It is just feeling confident enough to know that we're good enough. And in stories, we hear about the trials that people have, and sometimes it came out great, sometimes it, was, it was, came out and it was awful. But we go back and we hear those stories, and then it takes the storytellers, and I'm a storyteller, to tell it, and so people can do it and identify with it. And everybody hears it different. Like everybody mm-hmm. sees a piece of art differently, but there's part of it that they hear, and it means something. It's like the I Ching. You mm-hmm. know? It's different to everybody, but it's useful. And I think that's what I think is most important right now is to get involved in things that are useful, you know, because there's so much to do. So much to do. It's like a magical toolkit. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right.
0: And if I have to carry a toolkit around, I mean, dreams, stories, the I Ching. (laughs) It's a good (laughs) one. It's ideal.
2: Well, we do. You know, my Native American teachers called it the medicine bag. You know, we have a real medicine bag and then we have a virtual medicine bag and a virtual medicine bag or just what we're talking about was also a real medicine bag. You know, I, you know, I was really uh, honored. Um, I lived with the Hopi for a while and I learned a lot Um I don't want to say it's secret knowledge, but it's knowledge that just changes you and you don't pass on, you know, This, but you learn that and, and it comes inside. But it is a side about we all have our medicine, right? Mm-hmm. What is our medicine? Medicine is in the rocks and the wind and all of that. And we, if we understand that, we're, we get to be well, right? Mm-hmm. Like right now, I'm, I'm going through major health challenges right now. And, you know, so it is this, Idea, visualization that, you know, actually I'm well, but I need Mm -hmm. to go and and take apart. What is it that has put me here? You know, what is it from my childhood or from the universe or from whatever it is? You know, what is it? And to start to remember. And that's the idea that we remember who our authentic self is. And that's, you know, because to do that, we have to examine what goes on in us and through us. Brutally, and sometimes that's not very pleasant. Mm -hmm. But it allows us to give ourselves that, oh, fertilizer (laughs) if you will, for the for the for the field of growth, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever that is, to allow us to grow. You know, just everybody listening to your show. I I would just say to them, be good to each other. You know, honor it, honor each other. Because that's not being done. you know people are isolating and we're not honoring each other. We're all magnificent beings, and it's important that we do for our men to honor the goddess and for the goddess to see the strength and the or the heights that uh, men are, whatever role they play. And for us to move on, whether it's he, she or they, we got to open up to those doorways. Mm.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bobby.
2: Pleasure. Mm-hmm. Pleasure. And Thank the, you. I want to tell you, what would be, you know, I have my book that I'm doing. I have a, um, a retreat called uh, the continuation of it's called Archaeology of the Soul. It's going to be at Esalen, uh, May 16th to the 21st. Mm. Looking forward to that gathering—a real gathering of, of people coming together—and you know, from my photography, the iconic photography, I'm uh, getting into the blockchain, trying to understand it, and I'm and, and I'm minting NFTs, mm. and it's kind of cool. It's like you're making you mint money and you put it out there. So I'm using my, um, you know, uh, uh, images of of Jack Nicholson and Steve Martin and. Jim Morrison and all those people and putting it out there again, but also to help to honor what went before us, you know, the trailblazers. And those were, those are celebrities for sure, but they also opened up a lot of doorways. Why do people like them? Because it makes me feel good about themselves.
0: They're beautiful photos.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And people can then
0: find them on your website or.
2: mean. You can see my photography on BobbyKleinPhotography.com. Mm-hmm. You can come to where I am, and to if you want to, uh, the I Ching is a you can subscribe to the I Ching, so you get it every Sunday, and um, it's a free subscription, and you subscribe through uh, BobbyKlein.com and go to the I Ching section. And it's free. And um, you get the get the wisdom for the week, and you can either listen to it on Spotify, or you can uh, you and you'll also get the text. And I think it's also on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But it's the idea is just to get the old information, ancient information, just get it out there. You know, these are you know what is it in Photoshop? This part called the healing brush. You know that mm-hmm. and use the healing brush. And that's what it is. It's a it's a healing brush. You know, so we do it. Does it solve all problems? No, but there's little bit, little bits, you know, I, you know, everyone, I believe, you know, what do people talk to me about in my practice? It's about, you know, more love, money, feeling good about that, feeling good about yourself. And certainly those are, those are the questions and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they often say that having desire, you know, many, many beliefs, Uh, religions say you do not have don't have desire. Well, I haven't figured that one out. I don't know how you do that. (laughs) But but when you do that, you kind of open up open up doorways your your desires, and then you have to become discriminant. It's like I said, watch what you wish for Mm -hmm. to open to open those doors.
0: Bobby and listeners uh, so much for joining us today on Magic and Alchemy a podcast from Tamed Wild again we're Kate Ballou and Kristen Lizenby you can find us online at k8ballou and at East and Alchemy. Send us all of your questions, comments, or just say hello via email at podcast at tamedwild.com you can view all the amazing offerings from Tamed Wild on their Instagram at tamed
1: wild or on the blog magic and tune in to next week's episode for more magic and witchy conversation just a reminder that magic and alchemy are always available to those who know where to look for it so mode it be or something better until next time